Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Megan Gilger, and welcome to the Friday Meditation. Welcome, friends. Hello. This is like the most classic mid-November day. Like, this week is always known in Northern Michigan as the week that the Edmund Fitzgerald crashed in Lake Superior to the very bottom. It is a sad and tragic story that is known amongst the Great Lakes. If you didn't know this, it is this story at all. It's a good one in the sense that it's kind of like a hauntingly unique story of the Great Lakes because so many people think of the Great Lakes in this way where it is this lake. You know, we think of small lakes. Well, that's not true. There's a reason they're called the Great Lakes. They are as big as some oceans in the world. And the only thing that makes them a lake is the fact that they're freshwater. And Lake Superior is incredibly wild and challenging and has all this dark, powerful beauty, I think. And so that's where the story takes place. But you can ask anyone about that night in 1975, I believe. And wonderful Gordon Lightfoot wrote a wonderful song about it that is captures it perfectly. And if you are from Michigan, you know this song. It is like part of our history, basically. I mean, it is, but that song is also part of the history. But every single crew member died that night. And it is a story of the power of nature. And it's incredible. So, and I always want to think like, okay, the world has changed. This doesn't always happen. But to me, that story is a reminder of how cyclical things are in nature. Even as we talk about climate change, some of these things are adjusting. 
But I'm realizing like this still happens every year. Even though this year the leaves were late, like there were so many things, there's still this cyclical feeling of things happening because sure enough, on November 10th, which was the day that the Edmund, that night, the Edmund Fitzgerald crashed and sank to the sea or to the bottom of Lake Superior, not the sea. And we had gale force winds and you think, oh, gale force winds. What does that mean? Like we're talking like, you know, somewhere between 40 to 60 mile per hour wind gusts that come across the lake. They can create waves of over 10 to 12 feet sometimes. And this happens in the middle of the winter, but it also always comes in this time, this week, every single year. I can almost like think of this moment and it's a shift. It is the moment we go from fall, like the beauty of fall and the pumpkins and the squashes to the end of fall. And it's the, I don't want to say it's death, but if we don't identify that the fact that every living thing eventually ends, then we're missing a huge part of being alive. And I don't like talking about death. It's not something I enjoy. I don't think anyone does, but I always see fall as this example, this end of fall as this, this like unique way to engage in the process of the ending. And we're seeing everything slowly fade. We're seeing everything beginning to lose its luster, its color, and it's fading into something else. And we can tackle that however we want. But how I have learned to do it is by every single time this time of year comes around and these winds come in, they blow off the leaves just as quickly as they changed. And there's still some that linger. I can see them now. There's one tree that's really holding on to its leaves, a maple out here. But everything else, the ground is covered in this array of color now that eventually will fade into brown completely. The color will completely fade and it will feed the soil that covers the tree's roots. And it's this beautiful cycle of endings and beginnings over and over and over and over again. And that's what we're going to talk about today. That's what our meditation is about because to me, this is the signal of the end. I mean, we got snow today even. (laughs) So I feel like to not identify that fall exemplifies an ending is to miss a massive part of the seasons. As much as we don't want to say that, I think we have to say it. And like I said, I don't like talking about this stuff but nature has taught me how to have comfort in it, how to find a point of growth and learning and expansion, which I think is super important when we're talking about the endings and beginnings. So I'm going to just go ahead and jump into our meditation today, which is called the ending is the beginning. The snow is nearly tangible in the air. I can feel the storms of late fall brewing just offshore these days. The watercolor has changed to grays and deep blues, the colors of the cold. The winds have turned and the scent they carry is the one of late fall. Cold ground, impending snow, fallen leaves, and decomposing earth. 
It is the smell of endings that will lead to new beginnings. The light has changed, and at dinner we light candles now. The light flickering as we enjoy roasted root veggies and meals that take a little more time to cook, and we welcome it all. Our slippers are by our beds again at night, and the fire is lit before bed. These rhythms feel they slipped in through the cracks under the door, just like the ladybugs who made their home in corners of the house for winter. These days, the clouds hang low. There is an essence to the lowering of the sky that it, that it is tucking us in for the cold days ahead. With the, those clouds lowering over us, there is a specific wind that comes in with mid-November that signals the change. It is strong, and it captures every leaf in its wicked grasp, and when they finally calm, it has created a mosaic of colors on the floor, forest floor, a new form of art we have traded for the blowing cosmos. As I wander the woods and trails around us, I'm reminded of how I longed for these leaves just six months ago. I longed for them to emerge and to see the world turn green all around us once again. I longed to begin. We had spent so long in these darker colors, I was ready for the change. I thought about the way they filled the land around us as they came on. They created something that held us and enveloped us. But now, I watch as they release and without much thought float all around us in a snowstorm of color. The rainbow colors of late October and early November still are present, but many mornings are encased in frosty diamonds. Watching as the colors around us fade back to those browns and grays, I'm reminded of how important it is to go through seasons in ourselves as well. How as the garden and woods hunker down into their roots, it is reminding me how to as well. As these days darken, I am absorbing this feeling of change, how it can feel unsettling, how it can feel so messy and unclear at times. There is still much to be done before the snow settles in, and with any transition, we want it to go quickly. We want it to find a place to settle. That feeling can leave us uneven and without grounding sometimes. But what always amazes me this time of year is the winds fill the air and the leaves rustle under my feet, still damp from the rain overnight. I notice the bareness of the trees in these days. I note the way the release of their leaves leaves them in such a vulnerable state as if the leaves somehow protected them against the elements. Though, I know they didn't. That covering of who they are can make them feel protected. Don't we sometimes feel the same? The things we use to protect ourselves from the harshness of changing and transitioning create a false idea of protection. I know it is true, and this is why I value the trees. They don't hold those things when the wind comes in. In fact, they let go with ease, knowing the time is right to be fully themselves. Which, though it looks bare and naked, is ultimately their greatest strength. Observing this about the trees brings me comfort knowing that when transitions happen, our strength will always come from the places that feel the most raw and vulnerable. We can reveal the things that lied behind the show to tell a whole new story. For the trees, when their leaves fall, the bird nests are revealed in the branches. Life was had there, but now their shape is what exists. The tree's skeletal shape is all able to be seen, and as the trees reveal their shape, the air around us echoes more without the vibrant leaves layering the hills. There's vastness, and we can see things we haven't in a while. Observing this in the trees has taught me so much about chapters and seasons in myself. 
how in every season of life we will navigate times like this. And though many would say these bare and raw moments of the year and in life that reveal the soil are hard to love, I find them far from hard to love. In fact, this is where what we are truly working with is evident to us. The beauty of transition is that it takes us down to our raw shape and self, or rather it should. When this happens, we can be aware of exactly who we are, and from there we know how to build something new when the time comes again. So many times we want to pass through these chapters of the story. We want the snow to cover the brown of the landscape and leave us with a blank slate. But I always remind myself, this is where the story is written. It is in the laying of fresh compost to work while the snow rests over it that the first sentences in a new chapter are laid. You see, in the ending, there is always a beginning, but the space between is where the depth of it is revealed. This is how I have come to love the end of fall. This is how I have come to long to see the lowering light and the branches of the trees and the echoing air between the hills. How these things have become guides and comforts to me rather than things to begrudgingly put up with. Don't get me wrong. I wish every year for a thousand more Octobers in my life. But when the winds rush over the hill and lean the maples and steal their leaves, I linger in the wildness of it, knowing it marks a key point in a chapter. To be alive amongst the earth's changes is a gift, but to be aware of the conversations and lessons they hold is powerful. So I watch the trees and their strength as they stand strong in who they are, bare, branching, leaning in the wind, but rooted. I ask, how can I be the same? How can I learn that an ending of one chapter will create a new beginning of another? How can I find the bravery to stand in vulnerability as the winds change? It isn't easy. I believe I will spend the entirety of my life navigating that, but I am thankful to have the trees to show me how it isn't just brave to be fully seen, but it encourages new growth year after year. I hope this is helpful as we make this huge transition, as we become aware more deeply of the transitions that are going on outside and not to see them as this like finite end, but see them as this like incredible opportunity to begin new. I know that I have to see that and we're going to be talking so much more about this, but This month is all about going through transitions with grace. How do we living graciously? How to be going and seeing these massive things that are changing in our lives with such vulnerability and strength in that. And the trees show us over and over and over again how to do this. It is simply our job to watch and observe. The garden does it. Everything around us does it. But as humans, it's a really hard thing to do. So we have these teachers. It is simply up to us to observe and take in and learn how to apply it. And I am not perfect at it, not at all. So I am learning right with you. And I, like I said in the meditation, I plan to spend most of my life learning this. That's the beauty of going through seasons, going through these things in a cyclical way is that they present us an opportunity every single time to practice this a little further so that when we face these things in our own souls and in our lives, we can find a place of 
just something to grab onto and something to utilize to make that situation even better. So I see this time in such a beautiful new way because of these shifts in mindset. So I don't want you to begrudgingly go through this season, this next few months of this messy middle of somewhere in between of the darkness and feeling like the light is closing in. I want you to instead feel in a new way when you walk out of this month and this season of fall and eventually winter and when we enter into spring, my hope is that you walk away feeling a deep gratitude for darkness, for the lowering clouds, for all of this, because it's an opportunity. It's a unique thing that as I was somebody who ran from this, and we'll talk about this in another episode, I learned that running away from it was the worst thing to do. And instead, meeting it head on and learning to be comfortable in it. Learning to be comfort and comfortable in the discomfort, I think, is, is the most difficult thing to do, but it's also where we can grow. You know, I think so much about our plants and how they will grow in some of the most challenging situations. And there is no doubt that winter is that. You know, it is every instinct in our body to go somewhere warm, right? It's natural. We watch the butterflies do it. The birds do it. They go south. They go somewhere warm. So it is not there is a reason that urgency exists in us too, to migrate, to find new places, to find food. It is animalistic in who we are, but we can also thrive amongst this as well in a way that other animals and other things in nature cannot. So I am so excited to go through this challenge of this year. And if you've been somebody that hasn't really looked at the season this way and fears the darkness in some way or doesn't like the cold, guess what? We are going to learn to enjoy it together. So I hope you guys have a lovely weekend. I hope that if you are getting some sort of wintry weather, that it just gives you a new perspective because of this podcast, that you may see an ending, but it also is a beginning. So I'm excited for you guys to reflect on that. Always love hearing from you guys and thoughts on these meditations and podcasts. If you're in the community, feel free to leave your comments on the post and I can't wait to hear from you guys. Until then, I'll see you out there. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 